Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. Do you know, some mornings you sort of get in, and I was in early this morning, the cab turned up early, and it was it was OK, it was fine, but I sort of thought to myself, right, I've got to think. And so I've actually made myself tired before I should be tired. So I go through the papers, and it's pretty dreary this morning. I have to tell you that the majority... I mean, the only saving grace is the fact that we had Trooping the Colour yesterday, thousands of people in the Mall, then they've cleared everybody away from the Mall, now they're putting out all the tables, they'll be doing that very shortly, and in a few hours, 10,000 people will sit down. I am praying and praying like really double hard prayers that, in fact, they don't get rained on, but of a sneaking feeling as they've lined up ponchos, and I'm not wearing a poncho, and it doesn't go with anything I'm wearing. Ponchos are not Steve Allen. Papers are, and this... Rebecca Adlington. Yes, she's in the papers this morning. Mark Wright is in the papers this morning. Uh, Noel Edmonds accusing Philip Schofield of stitching him up. There are Ali sex tapes. I know. Why do people do it? I mean, not just... Why do people offer to sell them? But why do people have these made in the first place? It's all a bit embarrassing. Uh, Sarah Khan talks about Muslims who are a disgrace to their faith and about having no regrets about when she talked about she'd gone off sex and she said that her husband could go and have sex with any other woman. Uh, she was quite clearly either lying through her teeth or as a fantasist because he said, I know nothing about this. Nothing about it at all. Uh, Marco Pierre White's son, who's called Marco Pierre White Jr., is in the newspapers because he's in uh, the Big Brother house. And the reason he's in there is because he's stupid. He is ultimately stupid. He's apparently spent 250,000 quid, so he says, on hookers and cocaine. I mean, you stupid boy. What a stupid boy. Also, the latest delicacy heading to a supermarket near you, baby goat meat. I know, I know, I'm keen on the idea either. And uh, the latest battle over the Beverly Hills Brits. Who's buying what? And the answer is the Brits are buying a load because it's cheap. Compared to what you get here in London, if you were in the well-heeled market, if you were one of those people who, you know, had £20 million to spend on a house or £40 million, or £60 million or £100 million, well, then you'd be fine. In Beverly Hills, you get something three times the size in London. You know, if you're buying in Notting Hill Gate, for example, £20 million gets you, you know, quite a nice house. But to be honest with you, £20 million quid over in America, that's millions and millions more, gets you something much better. And, of course, you get the weather. Not that I'd want to live in Beverly Hills. Have you ever been to Beverly Hills? It's lots of little roads. Lots of little roads with sort of houses which are hidden back behind gates. And you buy a map from somebody and you drive around. But there's certain roads you can't drive down because they've got security men standing there. And they, they prevent you. They don't want people sitting outside their houses. I remember what we, we, we did buy a map. We became very touristy years ago. And we, uh, we, drove, and we found Tom Jones's house, which we were quite, quite... It was the only house we found. We didn't find anybody else's because we didn't know anybody else on the list. Excuse me. I have to... Uh, I'm on about ten glasses of water this morning uh, because yesterday I had a lovely day. I mean, I really, really had a lovely day. It was uh, it was warm. I went out in the car. Uh, I bought candles. I went mad for candles yesterday. Mad for candles. I don't know why. Just mad for candles and uh, mad for uh, all sorts. <laughs> I've just I literally told you what I bought. Changed my mind, actually. Uh, but loads of things. So I came back with sort of a car full of things. I got my washing back and everything else. And I thought, what to wear today? Because I'm down in the mall. Uh, a little bit later on. I don't know what to wear. And so I've thrown... It's just a pair of jeans and a pair of boots and uh, and a nice shirt, which even if you crease it, the creases hang out, and a jacket. But if it rains, as they predicted, I'm going to get very wet. 
I'm going to get very, very wet. And I'm not very pleased about that idea. So we'll have to wait and see. I'll do a piece into Andrew Castle's show and then a couple of pieces into Katie Hopkins. And uh, then Lisa Aziz is going to be down there as well. So our paths will probably cross. So that's going to be quite nice. So there's going to be thousands of people. So if you don't have to drive into town today, my advice is don't, because you won't find anywhere to park because they've closed off the road. So all around the Mall and those surrounding areas, St James's and everything else, it will be no parking. So just be aware of it. Uh, Zayn Malik pulls out of uh, the big capital gig. You know, they've sold out. And uh, they're all very excited about it until he pulled out. And then they went, oh, and people go, oh, shame. Because it's, he's having a bit of a track record on this. There's 19 other acts. You don't need to worry about him. You know, if you're only going down for one, well, then you've got 18 more to worry about. And uh, in my opinion, I think they're actually as good, if not better. But he's getting to be a bit of a habit of pulling out at short notice. He did it for the Graham Norton show. He's done it at a couple of other gigs as well. So I'm now beginning to think maybe not such a, a good idea. You know, a good opportunity. And he could have done it. And every time he says, oh, don't worry, I'll reschedule it. And so far he hasn't. I don't think he's rescheduled anything as yet. So we need to see a bit of evidence. We need to see a bit of commitment, please. Thank you very much indeed. That would be quite nice, wouldn't it? A little bit. Uh, Noel Edmonds accusing Philip Schofield of stitching him up. Um, and Philip Schofield, who's, who's got a side to him, which means don't don't pick on me. I'm not the uh, the happy, easygoing chap you see on the television. I could be quite uh, quite tough. Mark Wright pictured flirting with another girl in America. You listening, Michelle? It's going pear shaped. It's really going pear shaped because he can't. He's got the roving eye, and it's only going to take one girl to say that this happened, and we're all going to be going. Oh no! Please, please. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. But, you know, let me just uh, quickly do this. But, you know, we have, to, we have to wait and see. I didn't read a paper yesterday, so that was quite cool. I normally read a paper every day. I like to know what's sort of going on. And I didn't, I didn't read anything yesterday at all. So I was, uh, I was fairly pleased, actually. I kept out of the loop. I knew it was all going to be in. I did watch it on the television. I did watch Troop in the Colour. Because so I got back in the afternoon, put my feet up. It was lovely. It was lovely. It was just nice to put your feet up. And today you can put your feet up and do nothing at all because it's been one of those really busy weeks this week. You know, it really has been a case of you've all been doing loads of things. People have been going away. People have been going to the coast because the weather's actually been quite nice. Yesterday, a bit overcast. And then just as they did the fly past, uh, then the heavens opened a little bit. We had a little bit of rain. I couldn't help thinking that 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 colour green that Her Majesty was wearing was like, whoa, in your face. It was like it was like a fluorescent pen, but the crowds were out. I mean, it really was fantastic. All the royal family go on the balcony. Uh, luckily, we didn't have to see too much of Eugenie as they pushed their way to the front. Uh, Beatrice and Eugenie. I mean, one of them, when they were at St Paul's Cathedral the day before, was wearing the most hideous outfit I've ever seen. But there again, nobody ever said they had any sense of fashion and everybody else must have been looking and laughing at them. Luckily, we hid one at the, you know, the ugly one at the back. So she was sort of hidden in behind her father. And then they did the thing. Harry turned up again. He's like, they've got to find him a girlfriend, haven't they, soon? I mean, questions are going to be asked, for goodness sake. You know, find him a girlfriend quick as possible. The fly past, I thought, was the best bit. I love vapour trails. The Queen looked very happy. It was, a, it was a perfect end to a perfect day. I mean, it really was a perfect end to a perfect day. Prince Philip, I mean, 95, for goodness sake, looked fantastic. It was that fluorescent green outfit. It was like a marker pen, the colour of her outfit, compared to everybody else's. Everybody looked great. The, uh, the Landau's all looked lovely. The horses looked great. It was just, it was just good. It was just nice. We do it very well. And that poor soldier who fainted. And my heart went out. 
And I thought, oh, no. Oh, what a shame. What a shame. Um, because he fainted. And it, it does happen, as they were all standing there. And you've got to stand perfectly still. It can't be the easiest thing in the world to do. So I have every every sympathy for them. Every sympathy. I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. They're beautifully trained. They had some lovely interviews, beautifully put together. Claire Balding did her bit. She always does it well. She knows what to ask. She looks smart. You know, nobody's ever going to be sort of taking the mickey out of Claire Balding because she knows what she does. The bandmaster was right. The the guardsmen looked fantastic. The Coldstream guards looked fantastic. The hall, everybody, everything was just perfect. And I just kept thinking, we do it so well. We do it so well. And so I don't know today if you're going down to the Mall uh, to collect your hamper. And there will be people who paid £150 to go down there. I'll do a scene setter for you a little bit later on as I say, with uh, with Andrew Castle on The Breakfast Show. And I don't know if the royal family are coming out. I don't know if the Queen's walking up and down. I don't know if she's going to go. And I've really got no idea. If it is, it's being kept uh, fairly hush-hush at the moment. So I might be the first person to reveal to you exactly what's going on. And, uh, and as always with radio, we actually get it quicker. I always worry about the balcony, Steve, holding all the uh, the royals. They do say that Buckingham Palace is falling apart, do they? I don't think so. It was built for the Duke of Buckingham. They... I think Parliament's falling apart and Hampton Court Palace, but I don't think Buckingham Palace is falling apart. Buckingham Palace, I think, is... Uh, I mean, it's built of granite, for goodness sake. I don't think it's going to be falling apart any time soon. It was just that outfit. When she first came out in it, I, I thought there's something to matter with the colour on the television. I started adjusting it, thinking, I must adjust the colour on this television. It was, it was really bizarre. But it was so nice to see all the people out there. I'd love to do a ratio of how many people were Brits and how many people were tourists in for the day going, we are so grateful that we picked our holiday at this time for Trooping the Colour and today. And the security is going to be maximum. If you're not anything to do with this today, you can't just wander into the mall. There is strict security in place. I've got to get uh, a little pass. I've got, you know, I've got all sorts of photographs and everything. They've said, don't take an umbrella. And I thought, well, I'm not wearing a poncho. I don't care what anybody says. I don't wear ponchos. I'm sorry. In the contract, it says, Steve Allen, no ponchos. Don't want to make a big deal about it, do I? Uh, also, the, uh, the fan violence. I mean, what is it about the Brits abroad? What is it about people who take their shirts off? You know, where do they come from? Are they going out there deliberately to look for a fight? Are the Russians deliberately looking for a fight? And when one Frenchman was punched by an English bloke, for no reason, he was just walking through, carrying his shopping, they punched him in the face, one per... And you think to yourself, I'm sorry, these people should be taken off the streets, thrown into a French prison and left to rot there. I'm not interested in human rights or any old garbage like that. Thank you very much indeed. If somebody's been convicted and they've got pictures in the papers of people, I don't care what the reason is. I don't care. Some of these people are deliberately going out to cause trouble. They're going out there to have a fight because they're simpletons. They're, you know, it'd be interesting to find out how many are on benefits and how many are working. I think that could be a, that could be a, a bit of an eye-opener for many of us. So, uh, you know, I sort of look at them and I think, why do you want to mar it? We know we're going to be rubbish at football, don't we? We know we're coming home soon. We're not going to make it that far. We're not going to win this. I was having a big discussion with some friends of mine yesterday. Both John and I at Paul Cooper's decided that we weren't going to get very far. He thought the quarters... I don't think we're going to get to the quarters, but anyway, we'll have to get to somewhere. And uh, a friend of ours, Anthony, thinks that he doesn't think that England are going to win because we're not. We just, you know, we, we have a very aggressive young side, but unfortunately, aggressive and young doesn't kind of match up to talent. And I know nothing about football. And I remember one of my bank managers getting very annoyed with me once and saying, Steve, shut up about football. And I said, why? He said, because you don't know anything about it. I said, it doesn't matter. I've got an opinion. We're rubbish at everything. 
Seriously. We might better do a little bit of athletics. We can do a bit of curling. We can do a little bit of synchronised swimming. And we can do girly things like braiding horses' tails and stuff like that. A little bit on the equestrian front. But when it comes to any of the serious sports, we're rubbish. We don't have the commitment. All it is now, it's money. That's what it comes down to. How much can I earn for kicking a foot? And then, and then you get the boxing. We're not much good at boxing either, are we, really? Little Amir Khan has to trot all the way over to America to lose a fight to get some money. No shame in it at all. He just lost. Loser. Loser. That's what it'll be with the football. Losers. Losers. Because we're not going to win because we're just, we're just not. We're just not going to win. I don't care what anybody says. And people say, but you don't know anything about football. I said, listen, I'm telling you, we're going to lose. All right, simple as that. I think it's going to go to France. <laughs> you know, I think so. I mean, I, I, just, I just think anybody except us. And so, I thought, you know, I stand as much chance betting on France winning as probably many of you do by putting your money on Germany or anybody else. But uh, even Albania, or not, not necessarily Albania. I don't think we'll bother with Albania. But no, I think France. There you go. It's not politically good. But at least we tell the truth. Anyway, if you're getting up this morning to come down the mall, come on, get up, up. Start doing it. There's loads to get through on the programme this morning. Plus, uh, the latest delicacy heading to a supermarket, baby goat meat. I know. But but we we sell lamb, don't we? And nobody goes, oh, lamb, shh. But baby goat meat, because you've seen pictures. And people do breed goats. You can eat it. I think curried goat is... But I'm not sure if curried goat is actually goat I can't remember, actually. <laughs> Some of these things, you know when they say bird's nest soup and it turns out to not be bird's nest soup. And when they say curried goat, I'm not sure if it is actually goat. Because I thought it was fairly tough goat meat. Either way, I don't like to eat things like that. I don't know why. If somebody served it to me and I went, oh, that's actually quite nice. And they went goat meat. I'd probably go, it is actually goat meat, is it? Uh-huh. Oh, I feel a bit depressed about it now. My next door neighbour years and years ago, when I was a little boy, used to keep a goat because it used to eat everything. Goats become like human dustbins, but I don't like the idea of eating them. I think they just, they just, they put them in petting zoos, don't you? Don't do anything else. Okay, listen, uh, 17 minutes past five. Steve Allen on LBC. If anyone divides opinion more than Katie Hopkins, we haven't found them yet. Decide for yourself. Katie Hopkins, Sunday mornings at 10 on LBC. Morning, I don't think they've said to her yet, uh, Steve Allen's doing some pieces into your programme. I don't think they've told her. As I say, when, when she parks the broomstick up this morning, I'll let you know how it's going. But I don't think she knows. I don't think anybody's actually said... They're saving it as a surprise. It'll either be the biggest surprise she's ever had or it'll be a blooming nightmare. No, it should be fine. I just don't want it to rain. I seriously don't want it to rain. And they've said that there could be a, a deluge. And I'm, I'm kind of not ready for it. I've, t- I've got a little umbrella with me, which I might tuck under my arm. Because there's going to be people walking about with umbrellas. There's got to be... They, they've said no. The reason is it's a, it's a security risk. And I understand that. But I am on the radio. I'm not likely to be a security risk to anybody apart from myself. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, the uh, Nicole Scherzinger, £1.8 million, the X-Factor deal. That's, uh, that's about £100,000 more than Sharon. So she won't be very happy. <coughs> and to be honest with you, I'd rather see uh, Sharon Osbourne than I will Nicole Scherzinger. I really would. I don't know why. Oh, I've a yawn. Oh, goodness. Do you know, you know, sometimes you dream about somebody wheeling a bed in and it becomes like a fantasy dream. And all of a sudden it becomes like a scene out of Ab Fab where all of a sudden everything goes white. White walls, white curtains blowing in the breeze. And then and then a bed just moves in and it's all white and the duvet pulls itself back. And then you sort of you lie in the bed and the duvet pulls itself up over you again. And the pillows are so squishy squashy that when you lie in it, it just envelops your head and you just drift, and then there's calming music playing, and a slow br- <sighs> little breeze like that. 
And all of a sudden you think, oh, I wish I'd been out and gone to the toilet first. Because it's nothing worse. Sometimes I get myself comfy in bed. And I'm all there and I'm also, I mean, it's all comfy and warm. And I'm thinking, oh, oh God, I need to go to the toilet. And unfortunately, if you're a diabetic, you need to go to the toilet. You need to go to the toilet. There's no sort of hanging. And sometimes you think, if I put it to the back of my mind, perhaps I won't think about going to the toilet. But that doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. In fact, the more you think about putting it to the back of your mind, the worse it becomes. And so in the end, you're thinking, I've got to get up, but I haven't really got the strength to get up and go into the bathroom. I just really haven't got the strength, you think, but I'm going to have to, aren't I? Unless I have a bag fitted. And to be honest with you, I don't really want to think about the days of that happening because it can't be that far away. Uh, Steve uh, says, Les, if I give you curried goat, you wouldn't know. Just a little bit stronger than lamb. Well, you know I can't eat lamb. I'm allergic to lamb. Uh, which I think is psychosomatic. But anyway, I'm allergic to lamb and it makes me ill. So if you, if you think it's stronger than lamb... See, I can't remember what lamb tastes like, actually. Uh, about British sport, uh, Lewis Hamilton is a fantastic sportsman. And since he's the current champion... Is he the current champion? Yeah. So he can drive fast. Listen, I can put my foot down on my car and drive fast. It's not clever. It's called breaking the law. Hello? That's what it is, breaking the law. You know, you can do it on any road, any time of the week. He says the Brits aren't complete failures. That's only one person. One per Lewis Hamilton, out of all the sports people in this country. Have you seen where they do sports man stroke woman of the year? And they, w- I've never heard of any of them. Never heard of any of them. You know, here's Frank Bruno. Ooh, you know, shuffling old wreck comes onto the stage. You know, and then you look at all these sort of people and they go, and, and here they all are. And they, they put all these footballers up in suits. It's all very nice, you know, but they don't know what they're wearing. Oh, well, you know, no idea. You know, and I mean, even the British man who won the, the Tour de France, Chris Froome, the British man, he was born in Kenya. So don't give me this whole codswallop about, oh, the Brits are really good at sport. Somebody who can put their foot down on the accelerator, very clever. That's not, I could do that any day of the week. If I was doing it on a track, my car could beat any of these things, hands down, if I put it in sport mode. And, uh, and so we're not much good, but we can do synchronised swimming. And we could do curling. We're very good at curling. That's called brushing the ice with a broom, OK? I've seen it on the television. It's, uh, it's all a bit girly stuff, isn't it? And then they sort of... Yeah, it's great fun, curly, but it's just ice, isn't it? It's a case of standing up on the ice. It's like bowls. Bowls, bowls, bowls. It's just, oh, I felt embarrassed yesterday. Oh, God, did I feel embarrassed. I'd been out and I was doing my shopping. And I was doing quite well, actually, because I was getting loads of things done. I bought loads of candles. I've got this thing at the moment about the scent of, well, vanilla, obviously. French vanilla is delicious. And uh, I've got all my usual very expensive candles. And I've got candles which aren't so expensive, but they're still nice. And I bought one yesterday, grapefruit. Oh, it's delicious. It's, um, it's smell. You could eat the candle. Anyway, what I'm looking for at the moment are gold balls. Okay, to go in the garden. Uh, I've got silver balls, but they've tarnished over the last couple of years. Oh, yeah, the fountain came back to life with the lights on it. The lights had gone on the fountain. This morning, I'm watering, I looked around, the fountain's all lit up again. Well, how did that happen? I don't know. Anyway, so I'm looking for gold balls, and I drive through Chiswick every day on my way back, and, uh, well, most days anyway, and there's a shop there which sells all sorts of the kind of stuff that I like. You might call it tat. I quite like it. It's a lot of gold and silver and Rococo mirrors and all this kind of stuff. And in the window, I saw gold balls. And I thought, that is ideal for the patio. Gold, but it's definitely for me. So yesterday, I do all my shopping. And I thought, right, take the car down to Chiswick. And I parked illegally. Uh, had a quick look around to make sure there wasn't a traffic warden. I was, I was almost next to the shop. And, and I go in, and uh, the woman's unloading the van outside on Chiswick Highway. So she says, can I help you? I said, Gold balls. 
You know, just like that. I just came right out with it. I don't, no qual- Gold balls, I said. So she looked at me blankly. And uh, so I repeated, gold balls. And she said, no, she said, I, don't, I don't have any gold. I said, you do? I said, they're in the window. In the gold balls in the window. And she looked and she went, oh, they're lights. I went, are they? They're electric lights. <laughs> I was such an idiot. Such an idiot. I said, oh... And, I, and she obviously saw that I was looking a little bit crestfallen about the idea that I didn't, she didn't have the gold balls. She said, I did have them. She said, they were about £8.50. I thought, I'd have bought them. She said, I had a job lot. I said, well, I, I drew drive past on a regular basis. If I see them, just put, put them in the window and sort of say gold balls and I'll know to call in and buy them. So uh, I had to drive all the way home, having wasted petrol going all the way down there. <laughs> uh, Malcolm says, a lot of dishes have misleading names. I only discovered recently Bombay duck is actually a fish. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's odd, isn't it, really? Very odd. Is Chris Gold's up this morning? He can't be, actually. Although it does seem fairly... Perhaps he's just going to bed, I should imagine. Uh, the British have always been good at tiddlywinks. Uh, yes. I mean, that's, I mean, to tiddle your wink, of course, is, is something which is, you know... I was, I was watching a carry-on film this morning. And I think it might, have, it might have been called Carry On Loving or something like that. It was with the Bliss Wedded Agency, Wedding Agency. Sid James and Hattie Jakes and Kenneth Williams, who was playing a marriage guidance advisor, but he had never been married, so he didn't really know what to advise. It was a kind of thing. And it was, all, it was all a bit wonderful, actually. I liked it. It was a little bit of light relief this morning in between having to get out there and water the plants, which was OK. I don't mind that. I forgot to do some pictures uh, the other day. I should, should do them, shouldn't I, really? I, I will get round to it, I promise you. Um, so, 10,000 of you today. Security going to be high in the mall. I shall be down there and uh, reporting back in. Can't wait to go down, actually, because you see it on the television, but nothing beats the actual experience. And I heard Andrew Castle saying yesterday, Steve Allen's a big royalist, which, of course, I am. I'm a huge fan of the royal family. Not all of the royal family. Don't get me wrong. Not all of the royal family. I've got... You know, when Lewis Hamilton turns up, he's being interviewed here. Do, do, do they have to wear the baseball cap and all this free advertising on them? It's outrageous. It's outrageous. They're all the sponsors, are they? Oh, dear, honestly. Can't do it without sponsorship. Anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, yes. So, um, what was I talking about? I can't remember what I was talking about. Oh, that's it. Andrew Cast was saying, oh, Steve Allen's a big royalist, so he'll love it. And I thought, yes, I am. I'm a big But not every member of the royal family. I'm not a fan of every member of the royal family. I'm quite critical of quite a lot of members. Uh, I love Camilla. I think she's turned out to be, you know, quite a, quite a little gem. Uh, I love the Queen quite clearly, and I love Prince Philip. Princess Anne, I'm so-so with. She was wearing a very odd outfit the other day where sort of she's commander-in-chief of, I don't know, the Pixies and the Elves or something like that. So they put her in this sort of very old outfit. And, um... <laughs> and, um... Is Chris Cold coming in today? He's just sent me a thing saying, I'm just on my way into work. <laughs> I said slander. Libel, it would be. Libel on the radio. It's never slander on the radio. It's libel. It's the same as the, uh, as the written word. I like telling people that. It makes me feel important. But anyway, so, and, uh, and I don't like Princesses Eugenie and Beatrice, as is well known. I don't like Sarah Ferguson. Not that we think she's a member of the royal family. And I don't like Prince Andrew. Prince Edward was wearing the campest outfit I've ever seen yesterday for Troopy the Cut. What was he wearing on his head? What was that? I looked at it. I thought, what are you wearing? They're not trying to make out he's some big butch soldier now, are they? That wasn't good. His daughter's gorgeous. And the wife, of course, I used to work with, so I love her to pieces. And, um, 
Uh, Pat says, listening to LBC yesterday, one of your presenters said that the Duchess of Cambridge has to curtsy to princesses of royal blood, including the York girls. Um, I know she curtsies to the Queen. I don't think she curtsies to anybody else. I don't think she has to, because she's uh, she's married to you know, third in line to the throne, so I don't think so. Steph reckons that uh, David Beckham's got uh, gold. Yes, I'd heard that too. I'd heard that too. <laughs> Why not? Why not, for goodness sake? Uh, so, um, so today's going to be quite nice. Please don't let it rain, God. I mean, come on, today. Today of all days. Just make sure it's nice. And apparently, just to remind you, Steve, that England recently won the World Cup of Darts for the second year in a row. Fill the power, Taylor and Adrian, Jackpot Lewis. Darts is not a sport. I wish people... I've never, ever... You don't seriously think... It's a pub game. It's like shove apney or dominoes. It's a pub game. It's not a sport. Look at the size of these people. Fat, bloated, and that's just the women. Tattoos all the way up their arm. Oh, here we go. It's just throwing things with a spark. It's just... Well, it's ridiculous. It's not a sport. It's not a sport. You don't need to be, you know, physically fit to play darts, as indeed most of them have proven. So uh, I'm not going for that one, Riz. I'm sorry. You know, I mean, I don't care if we won anything. It's not a sport. Oh, look at the time. It's ridiculous. LBC News Time, 5.30, the latest headline. Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Steve Allen. I was amazed. Shocked. What was it? Brothel keeping or something. How, how appropriate. Anyway, uh, what have we got? What have we got? What have we got? It's uh, 27 minutes to six. Sunday morning, it's the 12th of June. Happy? Happy? Everything all right? Good? Not too bad today? I'd get up now, actually. This could be the best part of the day. In fact, I'm reliably informed this is the best part of the day. Uh, Pat says, talking about goat, I'm the same about eating rabbit. Yeah, I mean, people always say, to, don't they say the same every time? You go, what's it like eating rabbit? They go, oh, it tastes like chicken. Everything tastes like chicken nowadays. Why don't you just eat chicken? What's the point of eating something, some poor little fluffy bunny? Can somebody explain to me what Prince Harry's uniform is? It's some joke thing he's picked up from some fancy dress shop or something. You'd think that it was, you know... It was, I mean, he's not, he's not been in a battle zone for God knows how long. Ages and ages. He just has pictures taken with kids now as he plays football. Hardly difficult. Or polo. So uh, who's going to turn up for the uh, for the party today in the Mall? I wish I could tell you. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, Winnie says baby goat meat. You're kidding. Thank you. Thank you. That's the ones we. Uh, that's the ones we go for at the moment. That's the ones we're going for. Anything that's it. I couldn't eat it. Could you? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, another one here. It says uh, tiddlywinks is not a sport. Um, well, if you tiddle your wink better than anybody else. No, it's not a sport. I agree, absolutely. Uh, Steve, you could spray your balls gold. It's not the same, is it? It's not the same as having that nice reflective gold colouring. That, that's what I really want. That's what I really want. I, I, don't, I don't want, I'm afraid, to spray something gold. I think that's a bit naff. So uh, I wouldn't be doing that any time soon. So we will go through the papers. As it's really disappointing. It's really disappointing. The only reason it's, it's not is because it's got the lovely pictures yesterday. Uh, baby Charlotte's first royal wave. She's probably going, toilet, need to go toilet, hand up, toilet, toilet. That's what it's like. And uh, George, they say, um, enjoyed the fly pass. They thought he was saluting. I think he was just putting his hand up to his head going, how much more of this blooming flying pass? And, uh, and I, they've all got sort of uniforms on. I think there must be some sort of place 
that they keep all these funny uniforms and they pop them all in and it makes it look as though they've all seen... You know, there's, there's more gold braid around there than you could ever shake a, shake a stick at. Also, Britain's got, uh, Britain's got talent winner Richard Jones was playing his trombone as part there of it. And, uh, and then the picture of the poor guardsman who's just flat out. Sparco just collapsed straight out and they just have to get them off the parade ground as soon as possible. There's always one every year. Always one. And I feel immensely sorry for them because you know that they're going to get into so much trouble for fainting. You know, they're going to go, you ruined it, you brought disgrace. Oh, it's going to be awful. Why do the police keep quiet on a sex attack by a Syrian UK refugee? A girl aged 14 was assaulted by a gang uh, and the BBC delayed reporting it on Newsnight. I don't know why they've started not reporting things. It's, I mean, it's very odd, really. And people are sort of questioning what they cover and what they, what they don't cover. But I suppose that... Oh, Lord, that's a picture of somebody I know. Oh, this is interesting. That's, um... What's well, Emma Barnett. Emma Barnett. BBC's new star, Dad's Prison Shame That Broke My Heart. Used to keep brothels. Oh, lovely. How rivetingly exciting. The things you learn, dear. The things you learn. I wonder where those leopard print outfits kept coming from. That's what they wear, isn't it, nowadays? And so she's the new presenter of the, the BBC. My life was imploding. Well, because your father was a brothel keeper. Interesting, isn't it? So he's, he's gone to prison. She says, thankfully, I was not a child when my father went to prison. Uh, I don't know how long he's gone for. I'm really not too sure. But uh, I'm assuming he's still in there at the moment. She said, uh, it's been a long, horribly bumpy road. Really? Well, there you go. That's what happens, isn't it? I mean, but who was the member of um, S Club 7? Her father runs, uh, runs um, a porno site. I can't remember who that one was, actually. It was one of them. Uh, but also, uh, this is interesting. This is uh, hard porn sculptures at Middle England's top art show. It's all very... I'm this. The world is a-changing very quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Almost a bit too... Uh, bit too quickly. Also, the, um... The jihadis cutting off their beards and slipping onto refugee boats bound for Italy. And, uh, they've got sort of evidence that there are a lot of, uh, lot of crooks who are going into different countries. And, uh, as the son of a multimillionaire, why is uh, poor old Marco Pierre White Jr. such a plank? And the answer is... He really is, because he seemed to run up bills all over the place. Public school educated, covered in tattoos, bit of a waste of space. And he says, I'm sorting out money that I owe a lot of people. Uh, he admitted to spending 250000 of his father's money on prostitutes, cocaine and alcohol on Friday night's show. In other words, he's probably a compulsive liar at the same time. When Marco Sr. declined to spend any more of his hard-earned fortune to bail out his son, Marco Jr.'s fiance, Kimberly Melville-Smith arranged for him to enter Big Brother with the help of an old school chum who's an executive producer. Oh, so it's fiddled. Oh, I didn't realise. I had no idea. I thought people genuinely went for this sort of thing. This was fiddled because they knew somebody. Oh, dear, well, we don't like that idea. So, in other words, to help him pay off his debts, friend of a friend of a friend gets you... Put him on the show, he needs to pay off some debts. Oh, OK, we'll give him 50,000 quid and pay off his debts. That way. <laughs> not surprising, nobody's watching that. What a bunch of old fiddle toffee. I'm not interested. Not interested. Um, just stop picking on my big brother, says Rachel Johnson. We've talked to Rachel about that. And his son's marriage was destroyed by love rat Tory MP Steve Double. Uh, now he serves up his revenge with this lethal expose of how his family was double-crossed. This is Phil Bunt, father-in-law of the cheating MP's mistress. And a uh, dirty old man, Mr Steve Double, who uh, used to be a pastor and then couldn't keep it in his trousers. So had a fling with, uh, with Sarah 
He says, I'm so sorry, uh, but it wasn't a very long fling. It was a fling, though, and the wife, here and after, is known as that plain, dumpy little thing, will be known as the doormat. Why she's still with him, I've got no idea. She goes, oh, I'm not going to throw away 30 years. Well, he didn't think about not throwing away 30 years. He threw away 30 years. The new weapon in the war on dementia, what do you think it is? Not a tablet, not a liquid, it's the two Ronnies. The two Ronnies. How nice. You see, I like the two Ronnies. I can I could watch the two Ronnies forever and a day. I think they're absolutely marvellous. Uh, waiting to go to Nice. My friend Graham is enjoying ice-cold Prosecco at Gatwick Airport. It's a bit early at 20 to 6 for ice-cold Prosecco, is it? I couldn't drink at this time. Although I'm hoping to actually get a PIMS. PIMS a little bit later on. Uh, they, they do have a PIMS tent. And... Um, Somebody said, uh, what a shame the, the fans are such an embarrassment. Uh, somebody wanted to know the book I was talking about based on Jackie Kennedy. Um, and I can't remember. It was uh, Jacqueline Suzanne. She didn't do that many books, actually. The, uh, the Josephine book was very good about their dog. And uh, she did one called The Beauty Queen, which was based on Anita Bryant, who was the orange juice queen in, uh, in America. And this other one, what's it called? But it was, it was loosely based on, on Jackie Kennedy. It was a super book. Any of Jacqueline Suzanne's books are uh, very, very good. Uh, very good. Not with us anymore. Died of cancer many, many years ago. Uh, the Battle of the Beverly Hills, people. Here they all are. This is Robbie Williams, who bought uh, Sir Elton John's old house for £20 million. Unfortunately, Robbie, who doesn't get any sex. We know that because the wife went on Loose Women and talked about it. The fact that she'd rather curl up with a, you know, box of chocolates, I think, in bed. So poor old Robbie. So he's got all these houses, but no no kind of work on the horizon. Uh, Adele's Mansion is in a gated community. So far, the, way, well, the ones I'm looking at, which appear to be... David and Victoria Beckham's Italianette Mansion has six bedrooms and nine bathrooms. And it's handedly... It's just yards from Tom Cruise's home, but they don't seem to see him that often. And so you've got the Beckhams there. It's got a very small pool, a piddly little pool, probably a paddling pool. Uh, Oscar-winning actress Helen Mirren. Hers is worth six million. Gordon Ramsay's uh, five-bedroom home. It's funny, they've got enormous properties and only like six bedrooms and five bedrooms. Uh, Rod and, uh, and the missus live in a vast home he bought. It's got uh, eight bedrooms, and that's 6.6 million. Uh, so far, the Beckhams is 11. Simon Cowell has rebuilt his mansion. It's on uh, very near Rodeo Drive, which is quite nice. Petra Eccleston's father uh, bought this house here, and it's got 123 rooms, parking for 100 cars. <laughs> How sad. How sad. Do you think they ever filled them up? 123 rooms. It's worth about 61 million. I thought it was the old, um, oh, God, Aaron Spelling House. I think that's what it is. I think this is... So he might have bought it for 34 million. I think it's the Air and Spelling House. I don't think she had it built for her. And, of course, it's way too big, as they've suddenly realised. Louis Tomlinson has been mesmerised by a a villa owned by Paul McKenna, but he's renting it. 35,000 a month. Um, Jason Statham, got a place here. He shares it with his girlfriend, apparently. £9 million. So uh, the best one could be Petra Eccleston, but there again, it was built for somebody else. It wasn't built for her at all. And Robbie Williams' £20 million one. But again, you know, you just rattle around, don't you? You just rattle around in a cave. Actually, I'm looking at all these people in the mall on the television, and I'm thinking, it's going to look like this today, isn't it? If there's going to be 10,000 people in the mall, it's going to be pretty busy. Pretty busy. Yeah, they're all going to... Yes. Oh, please don't let it rain. I don't want it to rain, honestly. For all the people who are going... 
I don't, I don't want it to rain. I want it to be a nice day for you. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk, and we'll weave everything into the programme between now and uh, Jacqueline Suzanne's novel based around Jackie Candy is called Dolores, and was the last one. Uh, is it Dolores? Wait a minute. What was the poodle called? Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm trying to think, actually. What was, the, what was her poodle called? Because I... Th- oh, what the... Oh, I can't remember. Josephine, I think, was the poodle. Was Josephine the poodle? Is there a book called Josephine? Dolores... I, I, oh, God. Because she did a few, Jacqueline Suzanne. Her husband was very famous. Every Night Josephine was a story of the dog. They bought this chocolate poodle and her husband uh, couldn't get on with it. And then gradually it won him over and took over his life. So Dolores, what did it say the story of Dolores is? Does it give you sort of a rough outline? Is it a woman who was going out with uh, somebody who was destined to be president of the United States but was shot dead? And then she... That's right, it is that one. So it's it's on Jacqueline Kennedy. And the story was, as I explained to Fern, that... uh, based, as I say, on Jackie Kennedy, she married into the Kennedy family and suddenly realised that they were so tight they squeaked. So when her husband was killed, as we all know in real life and in the book, the husband was killed as well, um, she was left with nothing. She was left with nothing. And the family was sort of going... It was ruled by a matriarch. Well, we all know what Rose Kennedy was like. She was, again, so tight that they didn't want to sort of fritter money away, and they didn't. They were a very old, established family. And so she was left living in in an apartment... With no money. And she had to find some money. And so in the book, Dolores, she found a Greek shipping magnet, which was loosely based on Aristotle Onassis, who was a Greek shipping magnet, who in the real story did, in fact, end up marrying Mrs. Kennedy. He ended up marrying her. In the book, he also ends up marrying her, this fictitious person. And so she's thinking, well, he's got loads of money. He showers money on her, literally because he's so filthy rich, as Aristotle Onassis was. And so gave Jacqueline Kennedy, in real life, loads of money and everything else. And in the book Dolores, he gave Dolores everything. Her friends were flown in for the wedding. Everybody was giving diamonds. I mean, she had everything she wanted. The difference was that she had to sleep with him. And that was the problem. And he was an ugly little man. As in real life, Jacqueline Kennedy, very glamorous, and Aristotle Onassis, not very glamorous or attractive, but filthy rich. And that was the appeal. And so on the wedding night, she's waiting for him to come to the bedroom, so she's got her negligee on and all the rest of it, thinking, oh, God. Anyway, he comes to the door, and he says, OK, I'll see you tomorrow. And she goes, um, I, uh, I've, just, I've just got married. You know, I thought you'd be sort of spending the night in my bed. He said, no, 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 no. He said, I have a mistress. And the mistress was supposedly Maria Callas, who he was having an affair with. And so he went off. And so she was sitting there in exactly the same state she was before, after her husband died. Only this time she had all the money in the world and yet no happiness. And that's exactly for Jackie Kennedy. She got everything. You know, there was loads and loads of money around. Uh, He had a daughter as well, as you know, Christina Onassis, who also died. And then the son went off to be looked after by uh, Christina's last uh, husband. It was all all too, too much, you know, like... Like realistic, like realistic. And there used to be a very famous woman in California or Florida called Anita Bryant. She was known as the orange juice queen. She used to advertise on television, you know, Sunshine State, oranges and all the rest of it. Unfortunately, Anita Bryant was a homophobe and she had T-shirts printed with Killer Queer for Christ written on the front. And it was the downfall 
of Anita Bryant. Her entire business collapsed over a, over a small period of time because she was a vile, evil woman and deserved to have everything taken away from her. That's what the world is made up of. All sorts of strange people. I don't like football, says Tina. But well done, the Welsh fans, on their good behaviour. I uh, hope you have a nice time later on. Yeah, I will, actually. I will. Barbara says, have a look in your Christmas decoration box. Oh, oh. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't have a Christmas decoration box. I tend to buy new every year. Embarrassing, huh? 13 to 6. Steve Allen on LBC. If anyone divides opinion more than Katie Hopkins, we haven't found them yet. Decide for yourself. Katie Hopkins, Sunday mornings at 10 on LBC. Certainly is. She'll be. That's not good timing, actually. I'm quite impressed by my timing this morning. I can manage to work most things out. Anyway, nice to be company. Welcome to Sunday morning. It's uh, Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Sunday the 12th of June. And uh, again, 10,000 of you down in the Mall. Uh, those fantastic hampers. I can't wait to see one, actually. I'm hoping to uh, <laughs> a quick peruse in somebody's hamper to see what you actually get for the £150, which should be good. Uh, I'm volunteering at the patrons' lunch today. Very excited you'll be there too, says uh, Elkie. I will be there. I will be there. I'll be getting down there probably about uh, nine o'clock this morning, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so... Very much looking forward to. Oh, I just want a nice bit of nice bit of decent weather. Uh, Steve, if you go to Amazon and type in polished gold stainless steel garden sphere gazing ball ornaments, you may find what you're looking for. Thank you, Caroline. I shall go and uh, check. Neil is up today. He said it's my day off, but I can't sleep. So annoying. But every cloud has a silver lining. Our Steve on LBC he said, uh, "Get that Bromley at the ready, Steve. It's forecast today. Yes." Mind you, you, were to- you totally missed the other day when we were seeing flash flooding all around. And um, I should have checked, actually. Should I check, actually? I had to do this the other day. I was, is it going to rain today? Let's ask Siri, shall we? Let's see what it says. Is it going to rain today? Yes, we should see some rain for today. Oh, God. What? Yes. <laughs> here we go. What time will the rain be here today? Yes, I think we'll see some rain for yes, today. Yes, I know. I've just asked you that. What time? I'll ask again. What time will the rain be here? Yes, I think we'll see some rain for today. Yesterday, I swore at it and it said to me, that wasn't very nice, Steve, was it? <laughs> so it's going to rain. That's as much as you can get out of it. Do we have some stuff on? Oh, you, right. You get a hamper which has got... Oh, here we go. You ready? Bit excited. Wicker hamper. Lockmuir smoked salmon mousse. That's not, I've had that before. That's lovely. Pembrokeshire chicken roulade. And pims. And, uh, oh, you'll, you will be provided. If you actually buy for the, the £150 package, you get the lunch, the entertainment and a rain poncho. The party will be shown live on big screens in St James's Park and Green Park. And be televised from 1.15. Well, I've gone by that time. Uh, the parade will have themes for each era. Nautically themed props and a giant puppet of the Royal Yacht Britannia to represent 1952 and beyond. And uh, a flower power theme will dominate the 1960s, whilst an 80s neon vibe will see Rubik's Cubes and leg warmers dominating the parade. There's going to be a parade as well. Where are they going to run that one? Is that gonna, where's that going to be running? 
It's not bad, though, is it, really? I mean, I can't wait. I hope she's not going to wear that green outfit again. Oh, dear, I don't think I'll cope with that one. That was way too... I think lemon is a nice colour, but she's worn lemon, so we must be due... You know, we've had powder blue, baby yellow, things like that. Uh, the green one was kind of a little bit too much uh, for me. You know, I should imagine Prince Philip went, What in God's name are you wearing, woman? You can just see that, can't you? But uh, so that goes. So the uh, the party for 10,000 people, and I'm just having a look at the Mall. I'm having a look at St James's Park. Having a look at where Steve Allen's going to be. Uh, Birdcage Walk, I suppose. Oh, be going, is it going all the way around there as well? Good Lord. I suppose it's 10,000 people. That's the parade route. Oh, right, the parade... So the parade... Oh, right. So the parade route's going right down the middle of the Mall. This is going to... This is good. So along the Mall, Birdcage Walk, uh, so Horse, Horse Guards Parade, Birdcage Walk. Oh, right, or Birdcage Walk, Horse Guards Parade. How lovely. So where are they going to put all the tables then in the mouth? Are they going to be either side and the parade will be going down the middle? Yeah. I mean, unless, of course, you're going to have to eat very fast and then they're going to eat, eat quicker. We've only just got to eat, eat. We've only just got the moose, Steve. Eat faster. There's a parade coming round the corner. You can see, <laughs> can't wait. I can't wait. And so I wonder, really... Oh, wait a minute. This, um, I, can't, I can't read this at the top. It's small writing. Pembrokeshire chicken roulade with asparagus and Cornish potato salad. Raspberry... Oh, that looks nice. Raspberry Royale made with Norfolk raspberry, strawberry jelly, sponge and clotted cream. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Tea time sandwiches, a pork pie, English cheeses and butterfly cakes, pims and apple juice. You see, what I would need as well... I hope there's a bottle of water there. You're going to need a bottle of water. It's got to be. But the uh, the salmon mousse is nice. You know, Pembrokeshire chicken. If this is from Marks and Spencer's, they have their own. But I didn't think it was Pembrokeshire chicken. So that's a new one on me. With with asparagus. Lovely. Sounds nice, doesn't it? So the party will go on till 4.30. So you get lunch, entertainment, rain ponchos. <laughs> you have to drape it over your food. You're <laughs> getting a poncho. I haven't worn a poncho for years. In fact, I don't think I've ever worn a poncho. And And you get sun cream as well. Woo! not bad, is it? And £150? I mean, and also, I tell you what it is. It isn't £150. It's the fact that you were there. It's the fact that you were there and you can tell your kids that there were only, in this country of 65 million of us, only 10,000 went to this. You were one of 10,000. So the idea is you take as many photographs as is humanly possible. Make sure you've got storage space on the phone. Make sure you've got everything. Because, as I say, out of 65 million people, 66, 67 million, only 10,000 of you can go to the mall today. And if you've not booked in, you can't just turn up and expect to go. OK, you have to uh, have to have done it in, a, in advance. That could, should be good, isn't it? I like the look of the hamper. Hope I hope I'm not staggering back on the train. Because next week we've got uh, Royal Ascot as well. So the Queen will be going there. She likes a bit of a flutter. Come on, Philip, quickly, quick, quick, quick. Our horse. <laughs> Just see her getting down there. And uh, we've got a picture of the ponchos. I want to make, you know, because I don't want to make a fashion faux pas. I don't, I don't want to get any sort of mistakes with this sort of thing. You know, if, if, the, if the poncho's not going to look right, I don't, I don't want to wear it. It's got to team in with what I'm wearing. So anybody down there listening, if, if the poncho is not the right colour, I can't wear it. I'll just have to get wet or hold my little umbrella above my head. Uh, Helinka says, I've checked eBay. Lots of gold balls for sale. Type in gold balls garden. Thank you. I shall, I'm, I'm definitely going to do it. Definitely. Great time today. Hope you get uh, to sample a hamper, says Noreen. Uh, we're going to an outdoor gig in Wokingham to see Marmalade. 
if the heavens aren't opening. Uh, happy birthday to Chris Christodoulou today and Eric Wiltshire. And morning to Alison, a long-time listener. So Chris Christodoulou, who took all the pictures for my uh, show, uh, and he's the brother of Michael as well. So Chris, uh, official photographer at uh, the Royal Albert Hall. He's got more pictures of the royal family than anybody else that I know. And Eric Wiltshire, who pops up every so often, he's now living in another country. That used to do a lot of our, our gadgety things overnight on LBC. So many happy returns to the both of them. Norman Deval uh says uh the statement from the producers on twitter yesterday said that sheridan smith will return no later than the 11th of july i hope so i hope so i've just got i've just got a feeling in my waterworks over this one norman i don't know he says hope it doesn't rain on you today if it rains on my parade i shall be the first person to complain about it <laughs> ask siri the lottery numbers i've never thought about that actually it could give me random numbers, couldn't it? And Neil says, I've found the solution for you being let down, waiting for your early morning cab. He said, it's, I'll be round in the morning. Have you got a crash helmet? If not, I'll bring my World War II Tommy Tin hat for you. Picture the scene. It's lovely, isn't it? I like the look of that. I do like the look of Good God in heaven. What did these things look like? That engine pulsing away underneath you. I wouldn't even like to imagine what year that is, but thank you very much. You can't see it, can you? No, you can't see it next door because it's only for me. Only for me, which I like. So thank you very much indeed. No more waiting for the uh, for the early mornings, ladies. You're wondering if the car's going to turn up or not. OK, quickly. Uh, you can buy all the hamper items and the hamper in store, says Joe in Acton. Who'll be washing up the dishes, says Les. I don't think they've got dishes. I, don't, I think you eat out of the, the containers, uh, I think. So, that, so you know, I think that's how it works anyway. Who's going to be... They, they, they would have people doing washing up. <laughs> Anton Deck could do it. Oh, actually, Anton Deck are not going to... What are they not going to be doing? Is it the Brits they're not going to be doing? After last year, or this year, they, they did them. It was so awful. And I think they finally realised that uh, it, it's not for them anymore. The jokes fell flat. They've, all, they've, they've actually got all the awards that they could ever get. And uh, they're not going to. They're not going to do it. So very wisely, they'll give it to somebody else. Uh, the transplant in the paper today, which gives the boy a hope of a hug, which is a nice thing. And uh, a third of the workers who were questioned say they hate their jobs. I'm not one of them. I can't imagine anybody who does a job that they hate so much that they'd rather tell a perfect stranger. Uh, Top Gear's cenotaph stunt costs you six and a half grand. Sarah Khan talks about Muslims in her column who are a disgrace to their faith and uh, she has no regrets over that TV confession. Uh, too critical in the fan violence. Will it never end? Do you think we can actually play a game of football without some of our fans uh, disgracing the country? These people, you know, really should be taken and thrown in prison and leave them there. And Mark Wright pictured flirting with another girl in America. Michelle, he's at it. I tell you, this is not looking promising. And uh, the voice star shot dead after a gig in America. All of that and more on Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Other side of the news. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Look at the pictures on the television of the disgraceful uh, English so-called fans throwing things in Marseille. You know, the police, and they hold their hands up like, oh, wasn't me, wasn't me, and then running away like little girls' blouses. They need to get these people off the streets. These aren't football fans. These are people deliberately going somewhere for a fight. They're picking up tables and chairs and throwing them and kicking each other. It's just disgraceful. 
Honestly, small wonder as if the French hadn't had enough to contend with, with sort of bombers in the midst. Now they've got to put up with the fans from different countries. The Russian fans are just as bad. They're all over the place. But it's our fans, I'm afraid, bringing disgrace, and that's the only ones I'm interested in talking about this morning. It's just the worst. The worst. I've never seen anything like it. Two people have been hospitalised. You feel like saying, good, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. Always makes me laugh when people go, oh, I never touched anything, I never did it, and yet 30 seconds before, we've seen them throwing bottles, you know, over the heads of the police and then running away, hoping not to be caught. You've all been caught on camera. All been caught on camera. You know, the streets are just littered with broken glass. It's just absolutely un- Whatever happened to the fact we could play a football game? What, whatever happened to the fact that we could just play a football game and then come home and everybody could be... Very- Nowadays, what was it that happened in Italy, I think? There was a fan who was in the wrong end of the stadium and the fans suddenly realised that he was in the wrong end and they beat the living daylights out of him. I just don't understand where it comes from. Small wonder it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Certainly not good. Certainly not good. Bob in Bracknell says, have a good time this afternoon. And... Um, uh, another one here. It says, if you're going to the Mall at nine, how come you're on that show at ten? Um, I don't quite understand the question, actually. I don't, it says, is it recorded? No. Why would it be? Be live, wouldn't it? Be live. I sometimes wonder about the sanity of some people at this time of the morning as to whether or not you can actually sort of work out. If, I, if I'm down there at nine and I'm going to be on somebody's program at ten, why would that be a, why would that be a problem? Yes. I'm, I'm able to stand there and wait, actually. It's funny, though, isn't it? I, I can do things like that now. They've taught me over the years that that's, that's a good thing to do. And uh, another one here. Mary Berry's hot tip for fighting off a chill. Do you know that she, she feels the cold? And so she said she keeps hot water bottles under her clothes. Because I've got a friend who's got that. My friend Graham, who's currently necking the Prosecco at the airport. Uh, Mark Wright, flirting with another girl in America. As I say, this is the the rumours started some while ago that all was not well. Then she'd stopped wearing the wedding ring and everything else. I'm expecting trial separation around the corner. It's a case of you know he's been a he's been a player all his life. Why would he bother sticking with the same person? He's done the getting married bit. He's done the uh, you know we've got a house. He's done the you know now I played football for a charity thing. Now I've got some more coverage. Um, kind of play the field. Kind of play the field. I think that's the mentality, isn't it? Really. Uh, also, uh, the other story which is in the paper today is these stressed-out staff at the NHS. 14,000, 14,000 stressed-out staff have left uh, the NHS because they just cannot cope with it. They really can't. Let's have a look. Uh, Sunday Express, they've got lovely pictures of the, uh, the family on the balcony, the Queen, and uh, everybody's there. Luckily, you can only see one of... Uh, uh, luckily, Prince Andrew's obliterated in this one. And one of the ghastly daughters. Most of the people I've got no idea here at all, but it's nice to see them all. And um, and then there's a picture of uh, Princess Anne wearing her sort of very... I don't know what her outfit is at all. I've re- I don't understand what half the outfit's out that they wear. Uh, the violence marring the Euros. And these are supporters confronting police and rival fans. They take their shirts off and they just throw things. And you think, you've got nothing to do with football. You're there, for, you're there for trouble. It's as simple as that. There's nothing else that you can describe this as. And the police uh, chasing fans. I hope they get them, and they get them off the streets. They get them into court, and the French come down very heavy on them. That's as simple as that. Let's not waste any more time with these people. They know what the consequences are. You know, you start throwing bottles and attacking the police. As far as I'm concerned, you go to prison in another country. I couldn't give a stuff about you. Not remotely interested at all. So you, uh, you do the crime... You do the time. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. 
another one here uh, on the subject of this this uh, this dark sky app. It tells you when it's going to rain. I think, and when it's going to be drizzle, and when it's going to be torrential rain. I'm trying not to think about it. I mean, I'm really trying not to think about anything that is to do with water. But I'm looking at them setting up all the stands and everything else, and that's quite nice. They've been building these up over the morning, and they're covering up the thing. Ah, that's where the tables are. They're either side of the mall. So the tables are there, and then... Where do you get that many tables from? And supersized bunting. Where do you get that many tables from? Is there a storage place that's got, like, you know, 5,000 tables sitting in it? Uh, it is tight, says Peter Phillips, whose company have been organising it. Um, it's not sponsored. This is, you know, the, the money that, that you pay for goes to it. Uh, and it's as simple as that. I'm just looking at the sort of the setting up of it. I'm looking at all the balloons and everything else. It's going to be quite something. It's going to be quite something. And, uh, and hopefully the royal family or some members will be making uh, an appearance. I'm looking at they they can't are they out there now? Is that live or is that pre-recorded? I'm difficult. I think that must be pre-recorded. There's people lying on the grass. Disgraceful. Don't lie on the grass there. I went to walk through St James's Park one evening years and years ago, and I was on. We we cut down through Green Park. I went to go through St James's Park, and all of a sudden I hear stop, stop, don't move. I, don't, I wasn't aware you weren't supposed to go through the parks at night. I've only got a blooming police dog sitting by me. Like that, I'm thinking, oh, my God, don't move, he said, don't move. I said, I've got no intention of moving. No intention of moving. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just getting through to Birdcage Walk. He said, you have to go round. He said, you can't walk through the park. This dog, all the time, this dog going... And I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's like on the, it's like on the television. It was years ago. was years ago. Uh, enjoy today. Uh, I've got some vague memories, says little Julie, of the Silver Jubilee Street Party celebration. Still have my spoon and mug. I think that's what you have to do today, ladies and gentlemen. I think you have to go down there if you're one of the lucky 10,000. Let me have a quick slurp. Excuse me. And I think you have to take as many photos of everything so that you relive the moment in years to come. Take photos of everything that's around you. Take photographs of, you know... Oh, everything. Just everything. Take photographs of the camera crews. Take take photographs. Everything. Absolutely everything. Because you, you will only be able to explain it to your children and family later in life when you go, I was there. You know, because it will, it, it'll be quite, uh, quite something. You won't, you won't forget it. I hope not, anyway. It's going to be quite, uh, quite an uh, event. You'll have a wonderful time, says, uh, says Grace. I'm very jealous. Send me a doggy bag. Send me a doggy bag. I'm hoping... Somebody said to me there is a Marks and Spencer's tent and, uh, and there's a Pim's tent as well. Mm. Little, might be a little bit early, nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, a word from the editor, Martin Townsend, writing The Express today. He talks about uh, Prince Harry... And uh, apologetic for not wearing a tie when he met army veterans. No, absolutely disgraceful. And also, um, if he's supposed to be a member of the forces, then why is he not, uh, you know, clean shaven? You're not supposed to have a beard. And also, I hope somebody had a word with one of Prince Andrew's daughters who turned up to St Paul's Cathedral um, when they were doing the celebration there, which was very good, actually. I quite like that. Wearing a totally inappropriate outfit. It was upstaging the Queen, and, uh, as I say, she should have been thrown in the tower for it. It was the most ghastly, horrible, geometric, tacky-looking thing I've ever seen. Plain colours, please. Listen, if you don't have the looks, and you haven't got the looks to wear anything decent, try and be sort of reasonable about it. Don't wear silly outfits that don't suit you. 
It's ghastly when people wear the wrong kind of thing. Uh, the sick bid to sell Ali sex tapes. I think it's really disrespectful to even talk about making money out of sex tapes. It's an ex-girlfriend uh, showing him partying with pretty girls. Uh, she wants £70,000 for them. £70,000 for these sex tapes. She says, nobody has anything like this. I'd like as much as I can, a six-figure sum. Uh, they, they were sort of parties because Ali couldn't keep away from pretty girls. But he's dead. Look at that's that outfit, isn't it? What a ghastly outfit, Beatrice. Honestly, you look like something that's wandered out of Alice in Wonderland, dear. I mean, you know, because you're not blessed with looks, and really, dear God in heaven, you are not, but this outfit is just the most awful fashion faux pas I've ever seen. It's just too much. It's just ridiculous. I'm quite well aware it's probably a freebie, and somebody's getting you to wear it so you don't have to pay for things, but to be honest with you, stay indoors more. It's ghastly. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. And she turned up in church wearing that. In church! I mean, that's what's so disgraceful about it. I mean, quite clearly, she's as brain-dead as we imagine she is. You don't wear stuff... Well, it's like a winter coat. It was, And she wore it in church. In June. Really? Fashion faux pas. It's ridiculous. I mean, seriously, it did look like something at the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. But there again, her whole family. Prince Andrew, Mummykins daughter, you know, and other sister. Dear God, they all look like they wandered in from some... But it was a ghastly outfit. Really was. Quite the most dreadful thing. Probably cost an arm and a leg, I should imagine. Things like that generally do. Uh, what else do we have here? What else do we have this morning, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, Steve, I wasn't very quick at realising you're reporting live from the Mall. Obviously not. Uh, why wasn't there a bank holiday for the Queen's birthday? Well, I mean, how many more bank holidays do we need? I mean, what is the purpose of a bank holiday? The answer is it's just another day where you go, oh, great, uh, it's a bank holiday. But, I mean, I'm not really into bank holidays. It makes no difference to me, actually. I work whether it's a bank holiday or not a bank holiday. But, no, we don't need any more bank holidays. I think, I think we have fewer than other countries, but I think more than enough for us. Don't you think so? I don't, you know, I don't want any more, please. I don't want to sort of rain on your parade, ladies and gentlemen, but I think we've got more than enough. Uh, Cop Gear, nine police officers used to close off Whitehall for uh, for Top Gear's Cenotaph donut outrage, and it cost you £6,500. It's absolutely amazing they can close off Whitehall just because some programme sort of goes, oh, I think we're actually going to film down there, and they go, oh, well, we'll just close it off for you, dear, shall we? That's fine. Uh, also... They've got here. This is the paedophile cop. I don't know if you heard about this one. This is a detective in a unit hunting child abusers. This is Detective Constable Christopher Maitland, who told uh, because he himself has been jailed for molesting an underage girl. So he's he's a paedophile cop investigating child abusers who is himself a child abuser. He in fact says that he told a police disciplinary hearing, my single hope is what I've done will not put off victims from coming forward. He's been a cop for 18 years. He says, I'm proud of the work that the Sexual Offences, Exploitation and Child Abuse Command have done. And uh, in his statement, he also advised other paedophiles get help early. Don't wait until your actions uh, destroy your life. He's serving five years, four months after admitting two counts of sexually touching a girl under 13, which officially makes him a paedophile. So the, I often wondered, actually, and I, I asked the question. It's certainly not new. It's a very old question. The people who sit down in the police forces and have to look at child exploitation, the people who exploit young girls under 13 and 12 like that, are they not physically uh, sort of affected by seeing these images? I would think that you would have to be, would you not? And 
it, I mean, you would need some sort of psychological counselling to get you through it. So you're sitting down, you're prosecuting people for, for in some cases, uh, the sexual exploitation of young people. His was with a girl under the age of 13. And, and you think, but if you're watching all this material, it must affect you. And I've spoken to police officers who, who do have to view it. And I say, do you not get affected by it? And they've said no, but they must do. It's just not physically possible, is it? So anyway, at the police hearing, he was found guilty of gross misconduct and sacked. You know, I suppose if you're a paedophile cop, the one thing you want to do to get near to that sort of material is to work in a unit where they expose paedophiles. And that's exactly what he did. Hence five years. Hence five years. Uh, time check for you. Just gone. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84850. 6.20. Nice to have you company. It's Sunday morning. Uh, Steve, have you had a normal job, says Lewis? This is a normal job. What do you think this is an abnormal job? I think this is a terribly normal job. I don't know why anybody would ever think this wasn't, uh, this wasn't normal. I know loads of people who do it. Thousands of us. Thousands of people every day get up and sit in a small box and talk to themselves. And, and it's called radio. I think it's perfectly normal. If I was doing it, you know, with pom-poms, you know, stuck on my head or something like that, and a rah-rah skirt, I maybe would think that it was a slightly unusual job. But no, I, I think this is perfectly normal. Well, as normal as it can. Uh, somebody did ask the producer once, what is it that producers actually do? It was last night. He had no reply whatsoever. Because in theory, producers produce something. Like, you know, da-da, bunch of flowers, da-da, bowl of fruit, that kind of thing. It's not like a, a magician's trick. So there is no answer to what, what producers do. Nobody knows what they do. It's not, a, well, on this programme, it's a big question. I don't know what they do at all. They have to sit there and they have to drive the, uh, the equipment. Because totally, I am useless. The gift of engineering is not in these fingers. I promise you, not one of them. It's just I couldn't drive it. If, somebody, if all of a sudden he dropped dead the other side, we'd just have to go quiet, because I wouldn't know what to do. I'd open the door and shout to somebody, Help! Help! You know, that would be about as, as, as good as it got, I think. Uh, Buddy says, I'm leaving Kent to haul my posh food to Rustington in Sussex. The Queen looks stunning in her electric green. Did you think so? Did you really think that that green was stunning? No. I mean, compared to what everybody else was wearing, when she was sat next to Prince Philip, I thought he was, thought he was going blind. You know, it was a real electric green. It was sort of, you couldn't even... I think in, in, in powder colour, it's leaf green. And if you have it in felt-tip pens, I think it's just called a marker pen. Very, very big. Very, very big and very sort of in your face. Uh, yes, no walking uh, to me in Regent's Park for me. Uh, Steve, I found the perfect shop for you, 25th of December in Bath. It's open all year round, full of Christmas stuff, says Raj. Thank you. I, th I have found Christmas shops. <laughs> I have found Christmas shops before and can be quite happy. Uh, been very, very happy. Uh, what did I see the other... There was something I saw the other day. And it was, I think, it was, I think it, was, it was wedding cake from some royal marriages that came up and went for actually a reasonable amount of money. Reasonable amount of money. Let me have a quick look at the weather. Um, for today... Here we go. Occasional rain across western areas, spreading further east before becoming more showery for the afternoon. So it's cloudy and warm with light winds. Let's, let's hope it stays like that, shall we? Cloudy and warm with light winds. Occasional rain. And then they say some limited sunny spells developing with a risk of slow-moving, thundery showers. But, that, but they say that's in the afternoon. I might have been lucky and got home by that time. Or not, as the case may be. I don't want to get caught in the rain. I really don't want to get caught in the rain. 
I don't know how she'll be getting back at. you have to think about all these things. It's amazing when you start trying to plan your sort of trip. Uh, Sarah Carr, this is the peculiar loose woman who, who came up with this thing on loose women. I don't know whether she was on some sort of medication that had wandered off. But uh, when she said on loose women that she'd lost her libido and even suggested to her husband he could have a, a hall pass, it made national headlines. Yes, because nobody could believe how stupid you were. I seriously have never... He, of course, went in the papers saying he wasn't aware of this at all. So it was either something you just made up on the spot for a bit of attention-seeking or you just are really that stupid. As opposed to working at something, as opposed to working at your marriage, you just kind of gave up at the beginning and just went, oh, I've, I've gone off sex, he can go and find it elsewhere. I mean, you know, perhaps you shouldn't be married in the first place, dear. Terrible embarrassment. But then she said the icing on the cake was fellow loose woman Ada Field, who admitted sex was the last thing on her mind, as like me, she was a tired, busy mum. Oh, such a tragedy for you both, isn't it, really? I say Robbie Williams now been made to look an even bigger plank than he was before. So he's probably going, yeah, it's all going really well. Yeah, the wife's going, I don't think so. I put, put my leggings on, have a cup of hot chocolate, read a book and go to sleep. And we were all thinking, oh, Robbie Williams, go climbing to bed with Robbie Williams. And uh, in the case of Sarah Khan, I mean, really dumb, dumb and dumber, but that's the Loose Women panel. Uh, She does talk about being enraged and disgusted uh, after the refugee camp was allegedly burnt down by Muslims. They did it, apparently, she says, because they didn't get an early enough Ramadan breakfast wake-up call. I'm left shocked and in disbelief at the hypocrisy of those who call themselves Muslims. How can anyone set fire to a camp? which is home to the vulnerable and the displaced. And how ungrateful and disrespectful to cause damage and harm in Germany, a country which has kindly given you refuge and safe passage. Yes, but some of these people I don't think are Muslim. I think some some of these people are just thugs who are trying to get from one place to another. They couldn't care less. They couldn't care less about burning a place down, but they should do. They really should do, because this is this has been given them uh, by a country who wants to help people, and you show gratitude by burning it down. It's very odd. Very, very odd indeed. Uh, Cheryl's made some steps towards a fresh new life. Cheryl apparently is closing down one of her uh, companies. Uh, it was to handle her earnings, pocketing nearly £2 million. Uh, And they say this, the liquidation of Sherco Productions will be part of her... Uh, restructuring of her life, like you can imagine, she knows anything about money at all. Uh, why, eh? Uh, got money? <laughs> uh, OK. Great. So she's got two million here. It's a surplus. One million nine hundred and fifty-one thousand. An insider said, it seems Cheryl is restructuring and reorganising the way she does things. No, it'll be an accountant. She won't have the faintest idea how any of this works at all. And apparently her friendship, uh, relationship with little Liam, she's 32, he's very young, is said to be going from strength to strength after he won approval from her family and friends. Of course, you do ask yourself the question, don't you? Just who would the friends of Cheryl Cole be? I mean, I can't imagine. I re- Seriously, if I had to put 50,000 quid on it, I couldn't tell you anything at all. Uh, copyright laws, not very interesting. Uh, and also still getting loads of coverage in the newspapers. This is uh, Richard Jones and Fergus Ancorn. The man who did his uh, did his magic. Rick Astley's touring again. I mentioned that the other day. I'm quite pleased about that actually, because we like Rick Astley. He's nice. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna hurt you. Never and desert you. Which is good. Uh, here's a picture of. Here's a picture of. Um, here's a picture of nobody actually. Oh, it's sorry. It's a. Uh, it's a picture of Mark Wright wearing his little swing trunks, chatting up some girl on holiday. Uh, his actress wife called him an idiot last week. Uh, she celebrated her birthday alone and was spotted without her wedding ring. 
It's not looking good, is it? It's not looking good at all. I'm slightly disturbed by this one. I don't want to be proved right yet again. Tony Parsons says something here about, he said, integrate. That's the headline. Integrate. Wouldn't it be great? He says, why do Muslims find it so much harder to integrate in the free world than Sikhs, Hindus, Jews, Buddhists and Jedis? Yes, Jedi apparently is a religion. Somebody told me Jedi was a religion. I don't know how that works. So he says it's the great mystery of our ages and the great dilemma, one that will haunt us for generations. In Dusseldorf, Germany migrants, uh, they burnt down the refugee camp because they didn't receive a wake-up call for breakfast during Ramadan. In Nice, France, a Muslim waitress was beaten and called a very rude word by two North African men because she was serving alcohol during Ramadan. Too many Muslims seem to expect our tolerance to extend to their intolerance. Whatever happened to live and let live, he says. There are millions of us who don't want Europe to become any more Islamic than it is right now. That's not racism. It's just common sense, writes Tony Parsons, who now heads heads his column with warm heart, acid tongue. Warm heart, acid tongue. And he's got a picture of... um, Oh, sorry. I thought it was Hulk Hogan, actually. It's Jeremy Corbyn. Slight difference, I think. Slight difference. Slight difference on that one. And uh, here we go. Uh, Tiles and Beauty. Laura's Secret split from Emmerdale. Very dull, very boring. Uh, Aussie and Black Mood over marriage woes. We're not buying into that one at all, we've decided. And uh, Perry Edwards uh, and Little Mix. They did uh, very well at the show the other day. They did their hits. Of course, we didn't get Zayn Malik. But as I say, that's uh, that's only to be expected. At least we got the publicity of, of Zayn Malik might have been able to do it, but then didn't quite manage it in the long run. Uh, also, on the game of Thrones, Naked Star is a hooker. An actress who played a prostitute is a real live. £40-a-time hooker. Seda Vorogy, who starred naked with Jerome Flynn, uh, advertises online as Sahara Knight and appears in porn films. Oh, Lord above. I mean, honestly, it's not very expensive at £40 a time, is it? I mean, is £40 a time acceptable nowadays? I don't think so. Uh, Also, uh, a sick cover-up. Glitters. £30,000 hush money to his child sex fixer. This is paedophile Gary Glitter, who's paid hush money to a former child sex fixer in Vietnam. He was jailed for 16 years in Britain last year for molesting youngsters. Has sent the money via an ex-prostitute in Vietnam. Are they allowed to do this while they're in prison? Is nobody checking what they're, what they're doing in there? Do they just sort of make things up at the same time? It's all very worrying, isn't it? All very, very worrying. And will Agnetha leave simple life on an island to be a dancing queen again? This is the one out of all of ABBA. Uh, ABBA been offered £20 million for one show. £20 million for one show. So they all get a few few million quid out of it. She doesn't have as much money as the other ones, who I think go between £70 million and about £120 million. They say she's only got about £4 million. Why that is, I don't know. But would she leave her aisle, her little aisle that she's on, because she likes the, the simplicity? And, um, and what will happen? Will ABBA get back together? Will it be the super concert to end super concerts? The answer is yes, it will. Yes, it will. Well, I hope so, anyway. But uh, whether or not we're near that moment, I don't know. LBC News Time, though. I do know this. It's 6.30. The latest headlines for you. Online. Offerings 24th of August. So book today at southeasternrailway.co.uk forward slash sale. Check your journey before you travel. Route and rail card exclusions. Full T's and C's at southeasternrailway.co.uk forward slash sale. Right. Boiler cover. Check. Annual service. Check. Gas safety certificate. 
Landlords, get a free gas safety certificate when you take out British Gas Home Care Boiler and Central Heating Cover by 15th of August. It costs just £13.50 a month, with a £60 excess for each repair, and includes an annual service, helping to keep your property compliant and your tenants safe. Weight off my mind. Check. Search British Gas or call 0800 197 0979. Conditions apply. For fantastic deals on HP laptops, get to Staples. Right now, there's an unmissable 25% off all HP laptops bought in store. Prices start from under £130. This offer must end Sunday. Shop in over 100 stores nationwide and save with Staples. I used to think somebody should help make sure we've got homes for young families. I used to think that somebody should help protect our favourite spaces. I used to think somebody should help preserve the things that make our area special. Until I realised I, I am, am the somebody. somebody. So I started a neighbourhood plan, which allows us to shape the future of our area. Make a plan, make a difference. Go to neighbourhoodplanning.org. Leading Britain's conversation, LBC, with Steve Allen. My producer Caroline says this morning, I hope you're wearing your electric green outfit. <laughs> Have you seen the colour of the ponchos? <laughs> I'm only laughing at it because I'm frightened <laughs> that you only laugh at things like that. And, uh, what was it the other day? Somebody said, oh, somebody, oh, here's one of these silly little England fans. Honestly, they're getting, getting um, to annoy me now, these people. You know, you're in an area where there's trouble going on. Stay well away. If you don't, you should be arrested and thrown in prison. I think they should have a special prison built for these people. Just throw them in there. Let them rot. We don't care. Olympic swimming champion. What's still droning on about that one, are we, for Rebecca Adlington on being a single mother? Having flogged us the dreary story of her marriage, having flogged us the dreary story of them splitting up, and now having flogged the dreary story of being a single mum, I think I've had quite enough of you, thank you very much indeed, dear. Why don't you go back and go and do something? Go do some swimming somewhere. Go and do some swimming. Just don't, don't bother the rest of us with your boring life. I don't care. I'm not bothered with your married, single. I really don't care about any of it. But you're beginning to turn into a bit of a tedious bore. So please don't do it. Please go away and do something a little bit better. Uh, Steve, Pid- Princess Beatrice's coat, I think, was a Burberry. Oh, it can't be, surely, can it? I suppose it could be. Did she get it for free, though? That's what I- Whatever it was, it was wholly inappropriate for church. It, was, it looked like a winter coat on a summer's day. It looked... Wrong. It was wrong. It was out of place. Um, the Queen must have gone, what is she wearing? Philip, Philip. And they go, yeah, what's she wearing? God knows. Imagine you thought her father would turn around and said, this is not appropriate for a church. You're in St Paul's Cathedral. It's not just any church. It's St Paul's Cathedral. And you're wearing that. Go home and get changed properly, OK? Try and put something on that's a bit more respectable. As I say, they don't exactly do anything, that family, do they? They're not exactly the hardest working people. But uh, at least we sort of, we tolerate them, don't we? We tolerate, which is good. And uh, somebody said, uh, when I first saw the Queen's dress, I thought, how lovely. And the more I looked at the colour of it, the more I kept thinking, is it a fashion statement or is it somebody's worst nightmare? Well, when I first saw it, I just thought it was the wrong colour. It's only because I've never seen her, I don't think, in that colour before. Dion says, uh, I bought a smart TV and somebody mentioned Hale and Pace. Hale and Pace? Yes. Do you remember Hale and Pace? They were, they were all over the television. But then loads of people were. I remember, gosh, all sorts of people appeared on the television, you know, in sort of the 90s. And Hale and Pace were there. And, and I thought very good they were, too. Very good. Where they are now, I've got no idea. 
No idea. I always need somebody to write to me and go, well, actually, I saw them only a short while ago, and uh, and they were working, and they were they were very funny and very good, because they've all moved on, haven't they? I can remember uh, various people who went on to last to the summer wine. We talked about that with Mr Bell and his book, because he's got one now about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I think, you know, that was the place where they actually put... A, Russ Abbott ended up on Last of the Summer Wine and was doing very well. Lots of these comedians go into acting. And uh, and some of them are very good. Some of them are very good. Because there's a limit to how far you can take comedy. And I've, I was watching a programme the other day with Alan... Alan, who, who appears on um, QSI or whatever, RSI or somebody's RSI, uh, with Stephen Fry. And he's, he's got his own, Alan Davis, and he, he's got his own programme where they have a lot of comedians who sit round a table and attempt to be funny. Which is always, it's always a bit difficult to do, isn't it? Always a bit difficult to do. Why is it that England fans always put their hands out to one side? I mean, they become religious or something and they're waiting for a second coming. They, uh, you think, what are you doing? Like complete planks, don't they, over there? Anyway, we won't be over there for much longer. It's not. It's just sort of wait till they come back again. And then, of course, you'll be seeing them all on television very shortly, complaining bitterly about how uh, how aggressive the French police were to them as they're throwing bottles. I suppose the French police would just stand there and just take it on the chin. I don't think so. And uh, if you do wear a poncho, make sure it's extra large. Ponchos are one size. I don't want to break this to you, Connor, but they only come in the one size. It's a poncho. It just goes over your head. Okay, it doesn't really make any difference. They're just one size. Okay, I thought you'd know that actually, as you've probably got a collection of those and Burberry outfits. I see you in some of that Burberry stuff. And uh, Gav says LBC, in my opinion, there isn't enough coverage. If anything, drowned out by Euro 2016. Well, I mean, in the papers today, you you would be forgiven for thinking that. You know, they've got a couple of bits. I mean, on the, the front of the Sun, it's a picture of uh, of some man, an England fan with a head injury. But as I say, he uh, he shouldn't have been there. You know, the moment you see some trouble kicking off, you get the heck out. But they didn't. They didn't. Here's a picture of uh, Wayne Rooney, uh, agony after the equaliser, hanging on to his hair, because I should imagine by now it must be getting ready to move off and get its own agent. And uh, the late leveller stuns the three lions. I don't know why it would stun the three lions. I don't know why. England won, Russia won. And Russia seemed to have as many thugs as we seem to have as well. Trouble flared in the stands, and once people start throwing things, it just goes from bad to worth. Worth, uh, work, uh, worth? Bad to worse, sorry. And you look at Russian yobs attacking one England fan in the stadium. They're just people who want to go out and cause trouble. They want to go out for a fight. As far as I'm concerned, the sooner the police bring in tasers and they get these people off the streets, get them into court as quickly as possible. And uh, what sort of sentence will we give them? Um, Three years. Go to prison for three years. Okay, you stay there for three years. Nobody cares about you. Nobody comes to rescue you. Just stay there and you learn your lesson. If you don't learn it next time, we double it and you go to prison for six years. Simply knock on effect. Knock on effect. Let's start bringing back some short, sharp shock treatment. They all have to take their, you know, shirts off and they throw it. But they're all clearly identifiable on the front of the papers today. The Mirror luckily decide that uh, Charlotte takes centre stage for the Queen's 90th celebration. She seems to like the fly past. She must be... I mean, it's like, it does look nice. I mean, you can't... The crowds down there are fantastic. I'm hoping as many crowds today. If the, I don't know how many thousand this is, but they seem to be just about everywhere. Literally, as far as the eye can see in the Mall, all around uh, the Victoria Memorial, and and then all the royal family, because that's the thing that we look forward to, isn't it? We look forward to seeing everybody on the balcony, and then we sort of pick out the ones we like and the ones we don't like. I just don't want another electric green outfit. I think today, actually, because it's uh, because it's more of a, a casual affair, it'd be nice to see the Queen in a pair of jeans, eh? What do you reckon? A pair of jeans? Do you think she's got a pair of jeans? I don't know. Oh, I've just looked at a picture of... Uh, 
She's got a onesie. The Queen's got a onesie, do you think so? I don't know. If Prince Harry got his way, I suppose she would have. OK, Granny, we bought you a onesie. Put it on. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think they've got comedy outfits that they wear in at Christmas? But uh, it's very funny when you think how many Prime Ministers she's seen off. Is it something like 12 or something? It's something... It's absolutely unbelievable. But she's not the oldest reigning monarch, is she? It's the one in Thailand who I think is the, is the oldest reigning monarch. Either way, though, she's ours. Either way, she's ours. Either way, she's still working. Either way, she's still... Do- at the age of 90. I know people at 53 have given up. Noel Edmonds, Philip Schofield, cancer interview was a stitch-up. He says that uh, Philip Schofield was callous and doing a Paxman. Because this box that he was talking about and this this electric magnetic stuff has been doing the rounds since the 1900s it's nothing new that Noel was telling you Uh, but when he said he was given a hard time on this morning talking about his own prostate cancer and his claims that negativity can trigger the disease in a swipe at Philip Schofield he says Philip if you're unlucky enough to be seriously ill, I promise you, I won't be so callous and I will show you respect, sympathy and compassion. He went on to accuse him of being aggressive, disrespectful and dishonest. Last night, Schofield was having none of it. I'm having none of it. And he put his foot down. A source close to the pair said, Noel's furious, but Phil is angry at suggestions he acted improperly. A TV source added the illness remained a sensitive issue at this morning after the death of Denise Robertson. And um, it's still very raw, they say. So there you go. I mean, yeah, people always argue about these sort of things. But you should know what, what Pip Schofield's act is and Holly Willabooby. You know, she's all right to be a bit of a dirty person when she goes on Celebrity Juice. But when she's doing the, oh, I'm terribly concerned kind of bit or she's promoting a baby book, it's about three different people. It's like split personality. They're all completely different. Uh, Noel claimed that this machine could help fight the illness, but he looked visibly shaken as he faced a tough grit- grilling. A spokesman for Noel said he would not be commenting further. It's that the trouble is you just, you're kind of caught. Once you, you've been on a television programme, they can stitch you up like a kipper, can't they? And it's quite easily done nowadays. You get people on there. I mean, it's like most of the people on the Jeremy Kyle show. They haven't got the faintest idea he's laughing at them. They haven't got the faintest idea. And when he does that, listen, we want to really help you through this. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm wetting myself laughing. I can't believe it. Uh, bosses are trying to tempt... This is of, uh, of The Voice. Uh, they want to tempt Phil Collins over. And they will pay whatever they want to get their man. That's what they say. Um, I don't know. Is Phil Collins right? I shouldn't imagine Phil Collins would want to do that. Uh, the gay rugby star's ex changed the law on adultery and divorce. When Sarah Wilson's rugby star husband told her he knew he was gay throughout their marriage, she thought the agony couldn't get any worse. But the pain doubled when he then admitted flirting with men online. And she became convinced his betrayal had gone much further despite his denials. Uh, this is Keegan Hurst. Anyway, they agreed to part. She decided her best hope of closure was to seek divorce on the grounds of his suspected adultery. And yet Sarah was not to get the peace of mind she craved because the law says adultery can only happen between a man and a woman. So um, so she wants it to be changed. And so he was the first rugby league pro to actually come out. And a uh, bit embarrassing. She has begun to date, but she can't trust another man just yet. But she's dating. So that's the kind of thing, isn't it? Um, so, I don't know, it's amazing the amount of sports people who seem to want to come out nowadays, don't they? Uh, Carol Malone, her column, always good, talking about uh, pay the price for your tennis racket, Maria Sharapova. She doesn't care, she's got nearly 200 million, she doesn't care about anything like that. And uh, she said, office, the shoe chain, 
put out an email this week. You know, we did it on on the programme telling women to show their legs, but not to forget to shave them. That little one liner sent legions of wannabe rebels without a cause and a brain to scream that it's sexist to tell women to shave their legs. No, it's not, says Carol. It's good advice. She said, aren't there enough real slights against women for which these nitwits can take to the barricades rather than squawking over a bit of leg hair? Oh, you can imagine what they look like, can't you? You can imagine the people complaining about this one. They've probably got the hairiest legs in Christendom, but they don't want to do anything about it. But in fact, Carol disagrees. You see, it doesn't even matter. Even in the world of women and arguing, everybody's divided. Everybody complains about something nowadays, because that's what we do. We complain. We complain about... I should be complaining about the weather later on. But trying not to. Trying not to complain about the weather, because I want it to be as sunny you know, as it can possibly be. So all these 10,000 people are going to have a great time. But I think because we're, we're British, we don't care. We don't care. We go, poo you to the weather. We go, poo you. We just want to go out there and enjoy ourselves and have a nice time. And for 10,000 of you, you will have a nice time. And talk to everybody, because you're going to be sitting maybe next to people you don't know, and you can all share it. They might be tourists. Somebody said to me that old... That old thing, which I've heard discussed before, that the royal family bring tourism into this country. No, they don't. No, they absolutely don't. People come to this country for our history. If, if they get to see something with the royal family in, then it's a bit of a bonus. But they don't come here for the royal family. That would be a bit tedious, because you might waste your whole entire holiday. So 99% of people in a recent survey said they came to this country for the history that we've got. And all within, all within a small area. All within a very, very small area. So if you get to see the royal family, and we get to see something, we said, well, we went to Britain, and do you know... They were all sitting on this red road, which led down to the eating from a hamper. And somebody goes, is that normal for the Brits? They go, apparently so. 10,000 of them seem to do it. And so there'll be a, a parade going round the outside. It, w- it will be something to tell the grandchildren. It will be something. But do remember to take your camera. You know, before you take anything else, take a camera. Make sure you've got the phone. Make sure it's all charged up. And that way you don't miss a minute. And, of course, the fact that I'm going to be there, of course, is, uh, is the added bonus. I don't know where I'm going to be, actually. I think I'm going to be down by, by Buckingham Palace. But, uh, anyway, uh, thousands yesterday, says Dave in Romford. Let's see what, we, uh, see what we get. Every year at Christmas, the royals have a tradition of giving each other the cheapest or naffest of gifts. Yeah, exactly. They've got everything. What, what do they need? They don't need anything, do they? 14 minutes to seven. Steve Allen on LBC. Leading Britain's conversation. Andrew Castle. This morning from 7 on LBC. It's 10 to 7, only 10 minutes away from uh, Andrew. Uh, the humbling of the Bling brothers. A judge, according to the papers today, has shackled the Candy brothers from moving cash to their wives as the brothers are hit with a £132 million lawsuit. Questions are raised about their true wealth. It's all going on, isn't it, in the higher echelons of society, which kind of defeats me completely. You know, when you hear about Philip Green and he's got, you know, this fantastic super yacht and everything else, and they, and you say, that, yeah, that's great, and it's this, and then you now read about the Candy Brothers, and uh, they've got a £26 million yacht, which is quite cheap, actually, in yacht term. I mean, I think people like that would sort of spend £26 million, whereas you would spend maybe, you know, £1,600. Uh, they've also got uh, the properties at One Hyde Park, and uh, most of which appear to be empty. I hardly ever see any lights on at night. It seems like a lot of places in London, they've got these super-duper, super-apartments, and I believe one of the apartments there went for 140 million. I don't think any apartment's worth 140 million. I think you could actually buy an estate out in Berkshire for 100 and 
20 million and spend 20 million on it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the, with the Candy Brothers. The other story, which is very interesting, which I must do before the end of the programme, is only because I was, I'd, I'd seen it earlier on. And it's a former Ministry of Defence policeman with an unblemished record has been banned from joining the regular force because he's got a tattoo of a Crusader knight on his arm. This is 33-year-old who quit his MOD role as an armed counter-terrorism officer because of declining eyesight. Claims he was told by Sussex police the image was religious and could be offensive. He's now planning on suing the force, you know, because they've said you can't join. Uh, Citing religious discrimination. Oh, so it is religious. If he's citing religious discrimination. Um, The tattoo is of a medieval knight in full armour displaying a cross of St George and holding... A sword. The symbol was at the centre of controversy last week when England football fans were warned they would upset Muslims if they dressed as crusaders during Euro 2016 because the costumes recalled medieval holy wars in the Middle East. The man who doesn't want to be named branded the police's decision ridiculous. Political correctness adding, I consider myself English and Christian. Mind you, I mean, how on earth can he join the force if he's got failing eyesight? What possible use is he going to be to anybody at all? In an email sent to him after he was rejected, the Sussex Force referred to a section on their website that included religious content as one of the criteria used to judge if tattoos were offensive. Lord Tebbit said, evidence of an attachment to British values or to Christianity is clearly unacceptable these days. And Keith Vaz, chairman of the Influential Home Affairs Select Committee, said, I've heard of many reasons to reject someone from the police force. This must be one of the most unusual. No, the most unusual is he's got declining eyesight. I don't want somebody joining the police force with declining eyesight. What would be the point of that? It's almost like somebody's gone there. You have a tattoo done. They go, right, I'm going to join the police force. Thinking, actually, not really. Not with that tattoo. We'll have to wait and see, actually. But the, uh, the Sussex police said the decision had been consistent with others made. And the image would not be fully covered by a short sleeve uniform. Describing it as violent and intimidating, it said its partisan nature might prove offensive. Oh, well. He left the MOD in 2012 with an exemplary record, uh, but this illness of his eyesight is getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Ridiculous, isn't it? I still go back to the thing we did at the beginning of the programme. Don't you find this absolutely horrendous that Marco Pierre White Jr., the plank with all those silly tattoos all over his face and up his neck and all the rest of it, apparently spent a quarter of a million pounds on prostitutes and drugs and uh, and booze and everything else... But uh, he apparently wanted to go into Big Brother to pay his debts. So his fiancée, it says here, Kimberly Melville-Smith, Derby Derby Bosch, not probably, arranged for him to enter Big Brother with the help of an old school chum who's an executive producer on the show. So in other words, it's fiddled to get somebody on the show who's got no reason to be on there. It's only because he spent his money on cocaine. And so they go, oh, we're going to give you a fee for doing it. And we go, well, who is he? And they go, he's nobody. He's an absolute nobody. But because he knows somebody, his his fiance knows an executive producer on the show. They can sort of they can backdoor you. That's what they can do on Big Brother. Small wonder, as I say, nobody's watching the blooming thing. Now we know it's fiddled. I don't want to watch any of it at all. I don't want to watch baby goats ending their lives. Thank you very much indeed. Heading to a supermarket. Uh, I don't know which supermarket's going to be selling it. Uh, they say um, Waitrose and Sainsbury's are in talks to sell the meat, which may be on the shelves by autumn. Oh dear. I'm not sure about this. Kid meat contains less cholesterol than chicken and more iron than beef. But Mr. Wetlaw's goat is not cheap. Mince is seven ninety nine a pound. Diced meat nine ninety nine a pound, and chops ten forty nine. It costs so much because goats need a special diet of powdered milk, which is a pound a day each for the first six weeks. 
Jamie Oliver said it was great news. Waitrose said it was working towards a productive use for Billy Kids. While Sainsbury's said it was in early discussions. Oh, no, thank you. Not for me. Not for me. I don't, I don't like that at all. Definitely don't like that. But, I mean, I suppose it's the same as anything else, isn't it? So a third of workers say they hate the jobs. They hate their jobs. If the daily nine to five, and I think nine to five has disappeared out the window, isn't it? Who does nine to five now? Most people do different hours. But uh, it says there is a good chance the person sitting next to you feels equally as despondent about life as you do. A new survey has found that more than a third of workers hate their job. 36% of employees say they loathe their jobs. 14% admit they're looking for a new one. Those most likely to be searching the job adverts work in retail. That'll be the BHS people that I should imagine, 11,000 of them. Uh, transport, 23%, and healthcare, 21%. Wow. I can understand retail, because you always want to go for, for more money in retail, and it is poorly paid when you consider what, what people have to actually put up with. I think that the people in retail, and I, don't get me wrong, I, I liked, uh, I liked um, retail. I liked working in it. Uh, 84850. Are the, are the English fans stupid, says Brenda, question mark. The French have been so much through in the past year, you would think that they would have done themselves a favour and walk away from trouble. They won't put up with any nonsense like we do. They will shoot first with no major inquiry like we have over here. Well, we still never managed to find out anything about Princess Diana, did we? And uh, to be honest with you, having seen the thugs behaving badly on the television and throwing bottles and then holding their hands up like, wasn't me, we've just seen you doing it. I'd have them in court straight away. Seriously, they could stay and rot in French prisons. I'm not remotely bothered by stuff like that. I think we're far too grown up now to put up with these stupid little thugs who take their shirts off and then stand there looking like a Christmas tree. It's ridiculous. Uh, pouring down at Heathrow, says Rob. And uh, where will you be today, says Sal? I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm going to be down sort of the Buckingham Palace uh, end of the proceedings. I wonder who, says Margaret, advised the Queen to wear the colour green. Thought, it was certainly a colour I've never seen her wearing before. I mean, I'm, I might be wrong, but I always thought she wore sort of powdery pastel colours. I've never seen something as bright as that, but somebody will now point out to me that I'm completely wrong and I know nothing about the Queen's outfits because it's, uh, it's something certainly stood out. On the balcony, with everybody up there, it looked fine. In the carriage next to Prince Philip, it made him look like he was sort of having a bit of a turn. It was a very, very bright colour. Very, very... I can imagine, by the time she came onto the parade ground... You know, at horse guards, they almost are going, what is she wearing? Horses were going, it's too bright, too bright, cover my eyes. Anyway, we'll wait and see what happens today, shall we? Wait and see which members of the royal family turn up and uh, go walk about. Because I think they will be. They'll be looking for the photo opportunities. They'll be going down there. Or perhaps I'll bump into Harry or, at worst, Princesses Beatrice and Eugenie. That'd be nice. Hello, hello, broomsticks anywhere? Where did you get that dreadful outfit from? I'll have to say that, won't I? I, I can't. Imagine if they're part of the spike. Imagine if they go, Steve. I go, yes. We listen to you all the time. All the time in the palace. Can't get... I did, I did, a friend of mine bumped into a woman. I can't tell you who she is, but she has a very, very important job. And she listens to this programme every day. Sunday included. And I know this morning that Fern and Phil will be listening. And this evening, you can catch up with my In Conversation. It's a really, really good In Conversation. Uh, Fern Britton and the man from Modern Family, and that's uh, Eric. Eric will be here. Uh, so that's good. I could say that now because he's gone back to America. But it's a really good chat 
Seriously, really good chat. So join me this evening at nine o'clock, but you're going to hear little bits of me this morning popping up on various programmes. Uh, you can listen to LBC by downloading the free app for your mobile or tablets on the LBC website. Uh, leading Britain's conversation at ten, I'll chat to her later, Katie Hopkins. But right now for you, it's Andrew Castle. <laughs> 